0: As you're finding a seat, I want to remind everybody that is male, you are invited to the men's breakfast this Saturday at 8 o'clock right here in this building. Ladies, if you could remind your husbands, that would even be better. Next Saturday at 8 o'clock, men's breakfast right here. You know, we have different departments in the church. We have the men's ministry, the women's ministry, the children's ministry that are meeting right now, and youth ministry, and young adults ministry. So every area is being ministered to. So I want to encourage you men this Saturday uh, is the date to get together, and we're going to hear the Word of God and, and encourage one another. You know, uh, last night I was privileged to go to... Bruno and Muffy's birthday party for their children that were uh, celebrating three years. And uh, if you do not know Bruno and Muffy, they're from Brazil. And let me tell you, they are just fun to be a part of. And Bruno gave his wife honor about how she just makes friends. And knowing them at the last house that they lived in, now they moved to another house Uh, Muggie just starts radiating out around a circumference around her house until she knows everybody, invites everybody one or two times to the house, and then they're lifelong friends. And uh, last night, there was like, I don't know how many, maybe 60 people, 70 people maybe in this house, and half of them probably were from Brazil. So I, I was there, and I didn't even have children, but I was, yeah, 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 you know, And so during the happy birthday, they were singing, you know, in English first, happy birthday, and then they went into the Brazilian chant. I don't know what they were saying, but let me tell you, it was a lot better than the English version of happy birthday.
1: And uh, so this morning, I thought
0: I'd start my message out with children's humor. How about this? A little boy prayed the Lord's Prayer in his interpretation of what it was. Our Father who does art in heaven, Harold is his name. A mother had a, a lady had a dinner party for her friends in the neighborhood and that she knew. And, and she invited several to come. And right before they ate, everybody sat down and, and then they were going to pray. And the mother looked at her little daughter and said, Honey, why don't you say the prayer for tonight? And the little girl said, Well, I, I don't know what to say. And she said, Well, just say what mom says. She's okay. Dear Lord in heaven, why did I invite all these people to dinner? <laughs> it's fun to laugh, isn't it? As we're talking in a series of sermons on the blessing and how God blesses our life, and, and the people that realize that they're blessed is that much more blessed. To try to talk somebody in that they are blessed by what they God has showed in their life, and I'm not just talking about you know things that we look at as prosperity as uh, money or whatever possessions, but just just the the hope that God has given us in eternal life alone, that we are a blessed people. This morning, the title of my message is "The Head and Not the Tail." Now, going through life, sometimes we feel like we go through seasons of our life and not very pretty. We can so say that we feel like the tail. But God says, I'm going to bless you and if you don't believe it. Read all Deuteronomy chapter 28, where God says, you know, I love you so much. And sometimes God is so good to us that we almost believe he acts kind of like us, you know, and, and we become kind of suspicious that it's too good to be true. And if it's too good to be true, maybe it is not true. But God says, I want to bless you in coming in and going out. And then he goes through all this list of how in the country, and the city, in other words, wherever you are. And, and really, if you believe me, the blessing is going to come on to you. Now, we know that whatever frames are thinking is the way that we look through, you know, the lens of our life. Some people call it our paradigm. There's some people that look through their lens of life, and I mean, it is just downright dirty and disgusting, and everybody's out to get them, and it's just such a negative thing. I don't know about you, but I, I just don't prefer being around those people. I love them, but I kind of love them from a distance. This morning when I talk about this subject, the the character in the story, his name is Joseph, and we we talked about him up to a certain point, and this has been an emotional week for me, just in every time I read this, allowing God to put me just maybe just a fragment into the story of Joseph's life so that I could really communicate that hopefully to you because I know that people here today are in different situations and different seasons in their life. We have young people that are are dating. There, there's young people that are married. There's middle-aged that have children that they're wondering, how in the world am I going to pay for these children? We have people that are older and, and they're just retired and they're looking and they're going, wow, what a great life, but now what? So what I want you to do is I want you to put yourself, because today's principle of the blessing, let me tell you, we have a loving Father. And that's what I want to communicate today, but it takes on our part not just to say, God, I'm looking for you just to be good while I sit here and do nothing. Now this morning as we work this out, while we're walking our faith in a time in the Old Testament, it is going to be a reflection of the New Testament. And a lot of times people will even say that Joseph is a parallel to Christ just because of him redeeming or restoring or creating a, a, a way for his family to live. No, stick with me on this because, again, I'm, I'm not usually a speaker that will preach with emotion. But man, when I've, when I've been thinking about this, Here's a guy that's 17 years of age, and just like a lot of us, that he thinks that the, the gift that God has given him is putting him in a place that is a little bit more arrogant than he probably should be, and he begins to speak the the, the dreams that God has given him, which is that, uh, that really his mother and father and his brothers are going to, one day, they're going to bow down to him. If you know the story, and if you've been in church, you, you realize that That didn't go real good for Joseph. They they caught Joseph. They put him in a pit. They sold him into slavery. They told his father that he had been killed by a wild animal. He goes to a foreign country hundreds of miles away from his home, and he enters into a new life. Almost, you could say he's almost dead to the world that he's known. But before I talk about Joseph, in the next just step, I want you to think about his father. His father mourns. Now, I know that probably all of us in here have lost somebody in our life to death. I lost my father at 17 to a car wreck. And there's stages that you kind of go through in grief. And and I just want you for a minute to, to feel the grief of his father, which is Jacob. We talked about him being blessed. But at this point in his life, he has lost his son, which the Bible has characterized as his favorite son. It's not a great time. Not a great time in Jacob's life, but it's sure not a great time in his son Joseph's life that is now in slavery. Now, I want to kind of. Preach at at some of us that have been in church, and we jump over a lot of things that is very important for us. Because here is Joseph, and he goes into slavery, and we know the outcome of the story, so we kind of kind of it's not that bad. He's going to be in charge one day, and he's going to live in a palace, so it's not. Stop, stop that, and just for a few minutes, think about he enters into slavery. You ever been first day on a new job? Have you ever been the first day on a new job as a slave? No. But I'm just assuming, and just by conjecture, like everything, is you start with a pecking order. He's not at home. He's not a son. He's a slave. And he walks through that whole season of his life being, you know, probably sleeping in the worst place possible and he's given this task and it's, a, it's just a slave's task of getting up every day and doing this thing and doing this thing and doing this thing. His freedom is gone. Can, can, you, can you enter in to the emotion of a young man at 17 that now realizes his course in life is going to be a slave? The only way that he can stay in his lane so to speak and believe the word of God in his life that one day he's going to rule and reign he can't see that and he's so far away from that that it's almost foolishness to dare to believe that it's in the grief that comes in the weight It's the mourning that you mourn over the loss of what you thought you could be or what God even shared with you that you would be that causes all kinds of things that go in your life. That goes, let let me say this. Do you remember the story of Jesus when he appears to Mary Magdalene at the garden and then she goes home or goes back and tells the disciples and it says they could not believe her. When the mourning has taken place so much in our lives, it is almost foolishness to come to the belief that something better is in store for us. Here's Joseph and he's walking it out. He's walking out and going through all the emotions that are possible of losing what he had in his freedom and his family to now walk in the area of slavery as a title. I want you to get over there now. How is that ever going to pan out that he's going to be in a better position? But he stays in his lane and he believes the word of the Lord and he continues, the Bible says, he gets to the place where he is the chief of the servants. You know what that means to a lot of people in today's world? I don't want no chief servant. I want to be the owner of the house. Stick with me. This is where we go deep. Because as we, as children of God, walk in the blessing in our life, staying in our lane in the season of life that we're in is not always being discouraged because we're not where we thought we were going to be. It's in that turn when that opposite or that opportunity comes that we continue to walk in spite of the emotions that are trying to rule our lives and get us off this and out of the lane that we're supposed to stay in as a believer. The the story goes that he goes from slavery, and here he is doing everything right. Can, can you say that to yourself? You don't have to say it out loud if you're an, you know not an exuberant person. That's okay, okay. But he is doing everything right. Until one day, his boss's wife, tempts him into going to bed with her and he does the right thing. I can't do that. I'm loyal. I'm doing the right. I'm staying in my lane and I'm doing the right thing. I can't do that. And the the wife says, come to bed and if you don't know the story, let me summarize it. She grabs him by the coat He's got a problem with coats, let me tell you. He, she grabs his coat, and, and he flees. I mean, he knows. The Bible says he was a good-looking guy. That's why she wanted him. He's doing the right thing. Don't love me because I'm beautiful, he could have said. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. Anyway, so she grabs his coat. He runs. It's in her hand when he leaves, so she's able to accuse that he was there to make sport of her to the place that his her, her husband, Potiphar, the boss, sends him to prison. Now, now, again, I'm about ready to preach. But I want you to feel the emotion that here's this guy that is doing everything right and it gets worse for him. Hear me. In your life, at work, in your life, in your marriage, sometimes you're doing, at least in our minds, we think, Joseph, we don't know, but it, we know in the Bible it says that he was staying in his lane. We, we can't speak to what you're doing in your life, you can't speak to but we pray for forgiveness if we're not. We have grace. But here's Joseph, and he stand in his lane, and things get worse. This is hard to hear for a person that always is believing that God's going to just go like this the rest of your life, huh? But it's in staying faithful in whatever season that you're in. And boy, that is hard work. But you can do it because you have the anointing of God on you, not just point at the problem, not just talk about the problem, but you're anointed to solve the problem. So, So listen to this. The Bible says that he goes to prison. Now, sometimes you read so fast, but if you read over this story several times, it, 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 you can always bring some conjecture. Well, what, what happened? Here he is questioning, God, I, I'm standing in the right lane. I'm aware of what's happening. But God, you gave me a dream for something that I haven't even began to see. He's a good-looking man going to an Egyptian prison. You hear me? You know, it's not a good thing. The emotion that he's probably feeling on the first day, the second day, the second week of prison is not a good thing. But he's still walking in the blessing because who he is and who is his God. Now listen, this story is not easy when you look at these details. It is easy when you run over it, maybe in a lighter setting or a children's church setting, and you hear the end story and you go, Hallelujah, the end. But I'm trying to get to the point of when we're going through different seasons in our life and we're saying, you know what, I don't feel blessed. The emotion that I'm going through is not good I I feel sorrowful, or I feel anxious, I feel fear. Those things are not of God, but they are real. This morning, as we have decided, not just this morning, but I want to talk just a second on here we are as a church. And we decided to get out of the four walls of this church and do something different that a lot of churches have never done, and that is to go into the marketplace, the the business world, as a church. And we created an opportunity to do that through a coffee shop just about 800 feet to our west. That white building next to it is a retail opportunity for somebody that we're praying for a good partnership with our church. We've had numerous opportunities with people that are not good fits for partnership with our church. But believing God in spite of all the opportunities to say, you can pay the rent? No, we're not going to do that. But when we're believing for the coffee shop to be able to reach people that will never know about God because they'll never come into this church. If somebody described to you something in a maybe, I don't know, let's say a, 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 a kind of a, a sinful environment of a building or something that they do, you go, what? It would be bizarre to you. But sometimes in the church world, we don't realize that with people that would come into this building, it would be just as bizarre because they've never experienced the house of God. But they will go in for a cup of coffee. Okay, so watch this. As we're believing, a lot of times in the moment of believing, it's just not having to see it. It's having faith. We're walking it out. Joseph here is walking it out. We are looking for opportunities to share the love of God. Joseph is in prison. The Bible says that it's not long until, just like in slavery, he rises to the top. And it says in slavery under Potiphar, it says that Potiphar got to the place where he didn't concern himself with anything in his own house except what he ate. He come over here in prison, and the same thing is said. His, his uh, reputation is told of that the warden really didn't think of anything. Joseph took care of everything. Now, now here, here's where I'm going to get into it, and I want you to stick with me. Here, here he is in the lane of his life. If it's in slavery or if it's in prison, he's still working in the blessing of realizing that he should be the one that is the chief influencer wherever he's at. Do you realize that? See, there's people here today, and some of you are quiet. I, I know, I get that. Some of you are very outgoing. Some of you look with suspicion on people, and you're working through that, hopefully. Hopefully. There's different kinds of people. But you realize that the blessing of God is on you as children of God to make a difference where you are. Now listen, it's it's sometimes uncomfortable for the the people that go, you know, I really can't speak in front of a large group. I'm not saying you speak in front. I've got that job right now, okay? Relax. But God will bring to your mind, wherever you are, this is it, when I want you to speak up. This is what Joseph is doing. He's walking out the dream, even if he's going to be the chief slave, even if he's going to be the chief prisoner, he's still walking it out. The day comes, though. Here's where the turn comes. When he can take action because he's in a place now that he can actually do harm to his brothers that sold him into slavery. Real quick through this story, if you don't know the the whole line of this, is that here is Joseph. He has been made the prime minister. In other words, there's nobody that's greater than him in the whole land because he's able to interpret a dream. Did you hear me? He interprets a dream and the king gives him a key to the palace. Is that possible? God will get you to where he wants you. And it it doesn't take you trying to figure it out. Quickly, I want us all to realize that he's interpreted a dream because he's been faithful in prison. He's been faithful to slavery. But the day that he becomes prime minister, the Bible says that Two years later from that moment, his brothers are going to come to Egypt to buy grain. Nobody in the world has grain because of this dream that he's foretold. Because he's second in command, he has saved up the seven years of plenty. The harvest came in, and they're probably making fun of Joseph. Uh, Look at him. He's saving all this grain. He's going to be looked at as a fool. They didn't think him as a fool on the second year of the famine seven years later the Bible says that people from all over the world start in that area start coming to Egypt to buy grain. this this dream will not only affect his family but do you realize that the Pharaoh is not considered very strong in the, in the history of this time but because people in Egypt will come to buy grain from their own king Pharaoh, they'll, they'll give him all their money. then they'll sell all their livestock for the grain. Then they'll sell him all their land for the grain to Pharaoh. So at the end of this time, Pharaoh has become the wealthiest person in this known world because of Joseph. So let's go back. Seven years of plenty. This is all in Genesis, and I know you've read it two or three times right now since last week. Seven years of plenty. He's in two years of the famine. And Joseph's family, Joseph's family shows up his brothers to buy grain. Joseph sees them, and and I want you to know that there's a lot of things that happen. He says, "You're spies," and he knows they're not spies. But I want you to go home, get your brother, the whole thing, and they come back and they prove that you know all this stuff. But the day that they come back, and he's going to reveal who he is to his brothers, they they have no idea. Some people think that Joseph has followed the traditions of Egypt and shaved his head, and and he's got maybe a a different kind of look. The truth is they don't recognize him. Now quickly listen to this in Genesis 45, verse 1. All these emotions, all these things that he's gone through, Joseph couldn't hold himself any longer, keeping up the front before his attendants. He cried out, leave! Clear out, everyone leave. So there was no one with Joseph when he identified himself to his brothers. But his sobbing was so violent that the Egyptians couldn't help but hear him. The news was soon reported to Pharaoh's palace. Now, now have you ever thought, why was it reported? Because this wasn't a common occurrence for Joseph. This was something, though, that they reported to Pharaoh because Pharaoh was so in love with a man that has changed his life because the blessing is on Joseph's life. So you get the picture. Here's his brothers in front of him. And he's crying, and they're probably saying, what's up? And then he drops the bomb. He says, Joseph spoke to his brothers. I am Joseph. Is my father really still alive? Brothers, brothers couldn't say a word. They were speechless. They couldn't believe what they were hearing and seeing. Now stop. They couldn't believe the dream when he was 17. That one day they would bow down to him. Now they're seeing it with their own eyes, and they still can't believe what they're seeing and hearing. Can I encourage you today, when God puts you on the right track, stay in that lane. People are going to try to knock you out and laugh at you. I can't see you. Just stay in that lane. Just keep, keep doing the faithful thing. They couldn't see it. He says this, "'Come closer to me,' Joseph said to his brothers." They came closer. I'm Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now, how are they feeling? He knows how they're feeling because the next words say, but don't feel badly. Don't blame yourself for selling me. God was behind it. God sent me here ahead of you to save lives. So you realize he was blessed to be a blessing. Verse 6. There has been a famine in land now for two years. The famine will continue for five more years, neither plowing nor harvesting. God sent me on ahead of you to pay the way and make sure that there was a remnant in the land to save your lives in an amazing act of deliverance. So you see, it wasn't you who sent me here, but God. He sent me a place as a father to Pharaoh. He put me in charge of his personal affairs and made me ruler of... Over all of Egypt. Now watch, he gives them direction. Verse 9 hurry back to my father, tell him your son Joseph says, quote, listen, I'm master over all of Egypt. You're waiting for that manifestation of God's word to come true in your life. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. Come as fast as you can and join me here. Listen to this. In verse 10, he goes on, and it's almost like you, you don't realize that you've won the lottery for the next 50 years. Remember, there is no grocery stores. When you're out of food, you start eating anything that you can. But here he is, and he says, I'm in charge and I'll give you a place in Goshen where you'll be close to me, you and your children and your grandchildren your flocks, your herds and anything else you can think of look at verse 11, I, I love this I'll take care of you there completely there are still five more years of famine ahead I'll make sure of all your needs are taken care of you and everyone connected with you you won't want for a thing you ever heard of a, a God that will provide for you? We call him in the, the name of Jehovah Jireh. He'll provide. He's all I need. He's enough. Here, Joseph is come to the realization that he realizes his purpose, but it's going to get better. Just stick with me. Joseph not only understands his purpose, but what his future destiny is going to be. You know that hindsight is twenty twenty, and he can say, you know, uh, all of that stuff was to come to good. But here's what I want to talk to you and I want you to kind of bring your game up a little bit higher in your life. Is instead of just waiting for the day that you can look at everybody that scoffed at you and went, see, I told you that during the time that you're waiting for the manifestation of the gift to come true in your life, that you can still have a smile on your face, that you can still bless somebody, even though it's not all that you want. You're in prison, or right now you're in slavery. You think, "I, I I don't rejoice until the day that I become the CEO. Come on. That you say, you know what? During my life, whatever season that I'm in, I will praise our God. It's hard to get thrown into the pit, then sold into slavery as a, to be a slave, to be lied about while you're doing the right thing. And it's hard to be thrown in prison while not guilty of the crime that you're accused of. Life is hard and it takes work. Life is hard and it takes work. When we go through a series of sermons of the blessing, I will never say that life is not easy, it's hard. But you stay faithful and God will bless you every time. Joseph is nine years into being the second in command, he was 13 years into slavery, and in prison. He started out, remember, at 17. Now the figure is that he's 39 years of age. He understands what his destiny is. His brothers are wondering, is his destiny going to be that they're going to, he's going to destroy us? But when he says, it wasn't you who sent me, it was God that sent me here. I want you to hear the maturity in a young man's voice that now is 39 years old and he's walked true to God. This morning I want to give you a point and I want you to write it down if you have a pen and if we do have it, take a picture of it and here it goes. Believe that you have a purpose that goes along with your blessing. Some of you will get the revelation after saying that about 10 times over the next 10 days. Believe that you have a purpose that goes along with your blessing, and, and I'll say this: you can turn it around, you are blessed, and in that blessing, you will see your purpose. You know, a lot of times people think I'm talking about blessing being money. Well, let's let's talk about money. Have you ever got to a place where you needed to help somebody out and you didn't have enough money? God's giving you more than enough but that's why we have to be careful that we don't eat. The Bible says you have seed and you also have bread. The meaning is don't eat your seed. You eat your bread and sow the seed. So when it comes to godly things, you have enough to be generous on every occasion. I hope that's making sense to you. You're blessed and through your blessing, you will see your purpose. I, as a member of the body of Christ, have a divine purpose. In Jeremiah, it says, God says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, Jeremiah. Do you know that we have an eternal purpose, too? The Word of God says this in Revelations chapter 20. I said Revelations. Everybody say, ooh, Revelation. Yeah. There's all kinds of books. It says record books in heaven. One of them is the book of life, that the, the scripture is going to be open. It's not, for the Christian, we're there. It's not about us or our salvation, but there is a book that will be opened that will, it says, even in uh, containing records of what we did here on this earth. You, you can say he will look at all the things that actually we were supposed to do. It's not a judgment of our salvation, but it's the purpose that God gave us. Are we living that out? Paul said it this way in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3.15, that what are you building your life on? Because when it's tested at the end of our life by fire, it'll be revealed. Either it'll be wood, hay, and stubble that'll just be burned up, or will it be a precious stone that will last, and it'll show the worth of what we've done here on this earth. The purpose. It's also explained in the parable of a man that that had entrusted his servants talents and then he went on a, a trip and then when he came back, he brought them together for an account of what they did with what they had given him or what he had given them. And because of what they did, they were rewarded accordingly. Here's Joseph and he understood that through the process, the blessing was on his life. Let me say this, staying in his lane through all the seasons of his life, slavery, prison, and palace, he stayed in the lane. God, I'm staying right here. I'm not going to get negative on because I'm not at a different place in my life at this time. I I think, too, when I look at that, the self-awareness of the circumstances around him. He was self-aware of the things that were happening that he didn't just shut down for a whole season of his life until he got to another level because he wouldn't have gotten to that level. Also, I I wrote down, he yielded to God's timing. God's overall purpose trumped men's behavior. Let me say that again. God's overall purpose in his life trumped man's behavior. What man was doing to him at any given day, do you not think that he had some bad days in slavery or some even worse days in prison? But that wasn't going to be the sum of his life. You still don't believe me? Proverbs 16, 9 says, In a, in his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. This is another passage in Proverbs 20. Sounds like the same one. A man's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand his own way? Jeremiah 10, 23, I know, O Lord, that a man's life is not his own. It is not for a man to direct his steps. In Psalms 119, verse 105, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. God's timing. Stay faithful. Stay faithful. We all are looking for the fruitful season in our life where we go, Oh, oh, look at that. And most people that are older in their life, and they don't have to be older. Let me say this. When I talk about older, they can be in Christ 30 years, and they gave their heart to God when they were 30. So now they're 60. But they could also be 40 because they gave their heart to God at 10. They've walked it out 30 years. When you see a person that has become fruitful, and they've actually walked with God through those fruit, our faithful years to become fruitful, and someone goes, man, you are so talented. They go, oh no, it wasn't me. Because you know as well as me, if it was us, we would have done it a lot earlier. If Joseph could have done it on his own, he could have said, you know, I'll go to slavery for about... 30 days just so I can put that on my resume that I struggled a little bit. But then I want to go on to the palace. It didn't work that way. And every day you get up, instead of looking at other people and saying, well, I'm a little bit better than her and I'm a lot better than him. Oh, so much better than him. I want you to remember, in walking out your faith, your only competitor is the person you were yesterday. It's looking at yourself and increasing. Today, I will not allow that to get a hold of my emotions. That person at work that gets on my last nerve. I'm going to take a gift today. I'm going to do something because this isn't going to be today what it was yesterday. Well, let me tell you, crucifying the flesh is not easy. Let me give you the second point that has changed my life. And I say it often, so some of you will go, oh, yeah, I've heard that one. Hear it again. Number two, expect, look, and long for God, and you will hit your destiny right on. I, I don't know what God's purpose my. I. I don't. Listen to it again. Expect and look and long for God in your life. He'll show up and you will hit your destiny right on. Isaiah 30, verse 18, you hear me quoted a lot. In the amplified version, this changed my life when I started framing my thinking about God's wonderful love and perfect love for me. It says, and therefore the Lord earnestly waits, expecting, looking, and longing to be gracious to you. Put your name in there. Make it so personal that you almost say, wow. Therefore, the Lord earnestly waits, expecting and looking and longing to be gracious to John Miller. And therefore, he lifts himself up that he may have mercy on you and show loving kindness to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Joseph could have said amen to that. I was accused wrong. I, I did everything that I knew was right, even when they were hurting me. The Lord is a God of justice. Now listen to this. Blessed. Are, are you living a blessed life? It says blessed are those that are happy, fortunate, even to be envied are all those who earnestly wait for Him. We sung that song, Waiting on Him. Have you tasted the the goodness of God? Do you still believe in the promises that He's spoken over your life? Blessed are those that wait for Him, who expect and look and long for Him, for His victory in their life. It has a whole list. For His victory, His favor, His love, His peace, His joy, His matchless, unbroken companionship. Do you wake up in the morning and you say, today's going to be a good day? You say, today I'm going to begin looking for the victory of God in my life. I'm I'm going to be observant of His favor all my life, and I'm going to thank Him for it. Now, to the person that has never done this, it's almost like, I could never do that I'd feel fake try it just try it I dare you come on just begin to look even if you keep a journal because a lot of us have a real short memory and you know that but write it down occasionally look what God did today look what he's doing in my life in my family look what he's doing in my work Here's what I would like you to do as I come to the conclusion of this message. Sometimes we, we get into the, and I don't want to just be negative on this, but some of us, when we get to our prayer time, you know, you might be in your car, you might be at home, you might be wherever you are and you're praying, You, you kind of we kind of maybe default back to the comfortable prayer. You know what I mean? God is good. God is great. Thank you for this food. Amen. Okay. Stretch a little bit. You know what I mean? Get on. Here's what I want to encourage you to pray. Today, God, I pray that you put me in the right place at the right time to meet the right people to bring about all that you have purposed in my life. And God, Help me be aware every time that that happens. And then open your eyes and your ears and go through life in that day expecting and looking and waiting for God to show up. That means you wake up in the morning. And you're looking along you forgot to show up. Sometimes it's in my Bible, just reading or hearing somebody speak a message that something comes over me and it's like God says to a grown man, come on up here and sit on my lap, John. I've got you. I I love you. I'm not displeased with you. The only way, John, that I could be displeased with you is if you missed an appointment and I knew what was going to happen before you did it or you didn't do it. I still love you. When you go out of your house in the morning and you pray, God, put me in the right place at the right time to meet the right people to bring about everything that you have for me and my destiny, my purpose, you can go through even the worst scenarios of being in slavery or being in prison because God is showing up every day and showing himself to you and showing his victory, his favor, his love, his joy, and his matchless, unbroken companionship with you. Would you bow your heads this morning? Let's pray. If you're here this morning and And God has spoke to you through his Holy Spirit living and residing in you. Somebody here, I'm just going to say, has felt hope come over your life for the first time in maybe weeks. Somebody here is saying, you know what, I feel like I'm in a bad season and I've almost wanted to give up. I, I can't see anything changing. This morning, I want to pray with you and for you. And I want us as a church to begin to stretch because the blessing of our loving Father is on us, not just for us, listen, but we are blessed to be a blessing. And fulfilling the purpose that God has for us, it might not be as extensive as what Joseph did to his family, but God, we know that 66 people came from Canaan to Israel, or King to Egypt to be really saved. This morning, if you're here, there's people that are looking for you to carry out the purpose that God has given you in your life, starting with your family. Now, God, I pray, God, you put this on my heart. God, with emotion this week, greater than it's been in weeks. And Father, I just know that the people that are here that have, have had this issue in their life, that God, that they're wondering, do you love them? Why are they going through this? That God, that they can understand that you're right there with them every step of the way. And Father, the purpose that you have placed in their heart is coming about. It's coming true. It's going to come true, God. Just staying in their lane, believing on you, believing in you that, God, that you can do what you said you could do. It's coming true. Father, we thank you for being your children and believing that a loving father has our future in his hand. This morning... God, I say amen to this prayer. So be it as we walk it out as your children. This morning as our worship team comes to the front, we're going to sing a song that I believe Joseph could have sang this song. And some of us that are going through those times in our life right now, that I want to say this song, I want Lisa to sing it, but I want to say that the words of this song is picked out for you. And as you confess it through a song, this is coming out of your mouth so that your ears can hear you sing it, okay? So you might not sing loud, but sing it loud enough that it can go right here to right here. Would you stand? The song is that he holds it all together. Do you believe that? Let's try it again. Do you believe it? Amen. Sing it.